The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Current. See, for all your equipment financing needs, go currency. I, I just did a double check. That that stash is coming in. I mean, it's it's always, like, going to be there, but it, it looks thick. And we've been watering the thing. I mean, I'm proud of you. It looks good. Thank you. It's, it's just been, you know, a lot of hard you work. You on some prednisone? No. 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 No, there's no there's no performance enhancing drugs here whatsoever. That's okay. It's, I... it's, it's strictly just my own personal hair growth. I've been I've been trying to trim it and keep it looking nice, and we're getting to the length where I think I can maybe start curling on the end again. Don't do that! <laughs> my God, Bill Dolman with us, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, the professor uh, is uh, joining us at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D, you never had a mustache phase, did you? Uh, no, I went through a beard phase a, a couple of years ago, but I, I'm very, very impressed, Chris, with your observational skills, given the fact that you see the dude every day. You're looking across the table through the uh, uh, the window at him every day, and now you're just noti- noticing that the uh, the stash is coming in. So very keen no, observation. It's, it's just, nice. No, it, nice. it's thicker than it's been is the point. I, would, I just want to say, I just want to respond. It just didn't happen during the break. I know it's five minutes, but come on. <laughs> well, I just kind of, he's, he's bouncing around back there to the intro. I'm like, Dude, he's going Freddie Mercury back there. I mean, with the with the with, with, with the, the thick stash. I'm proud of it. No, we don't need. To I do. would I would like to to let you know though. You you asked Bill if he had a mustache phase. This is not a phase. No, I know. This you, is who I am. You're you're gearing up for for umpiring season, and and much like State Patrol, there's there's more fear with State Patrol folks that pull you over when you have a mustache. If they have a mustache, just like the guy behind the plate, if he's got a mustache, you don't want to jack with exactly, him. Exactly, exactly. It's an authoritative take. Bill, especially if he's packing heat, for oh, sure. And, and I and I pray that Elijah is not doing that when he goes to the ballpark <laughs> in the waistband. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you're going to argue with my balls and strikes, are you? <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. Uh huh. There we have it. Bill, what did they get your reaction? Not just with the the, the signing class, because I know you're <laughs> you're always into recruiting, but more so just the the action by rule to to really incorporate coach Osborne and and not every coach has done that even some guys that I don't know played for him didn't didn't do that it's one thing to have him at practice uh, it's another thing to go out of his way like he did at the Outland Award dinner in Omaha to sit with him and, and break bread and I think it's very important to coach Rule, not just for looks, but I think he's pretty sincere about it. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, just another one of the, the great steps that he has made. And, and I think by now, for what we've seen and read about Matt Rule, I, I, there, there's no reason to believe that he's not being genuine in his reverence for, for Coach Osborne. And I think that's really important uh, for people around Nebraska to see that. Uh, you know, I think that we had hoped that we were going to see that when the four-year case of the flu took over and brought in Bill, Bill Callahan. And, you know, I asked that question of Bill Callahan at a press conference, you know, how much will, you know, Coach Osborne be, in, be involved? And he said, oh, yeah, we'll talk to him. Well, <laughs> when? You know, uh, when we get around to it, when we get to the O's in the phone book, I guess, um, you know, so, uh, but I genuinely think that there is a reverence for Matt Rule. He understands the history of Nebraska football very well. He understands, and, you know, and to, to a certain extent, you know, here's a guy who grew up uh, around and played for Joe Paterno. And at that time, Tom Osborne and Joe Paterno were, you know, icons in college football. They were the, you know, today it's Sweeney and Saban. And uh, there's probably a couple out there, you know, that are, that are, that are major legends in the, in the, in the game. I'm not going to put Lincoln Riley in that class just yet, but if you go back into the, the seventies and the eighties and the, and the nineties, you know, forget, forgetting a putting aside the, the demise of Joe Paterno, but he was, Tom was, Bobby Bowden, Bear Bryant, you know, for 20 years, they were the, uh, they were the icons of the game. And I think Matt Rule respects that. And maybe because he was so closely tied to Paterno that he understood Tom's place in that. And now to be side by side with Tom Osborne and holding the same position that he held, you know, I, I, it's just another great card that Matt Rule has played. You go from having dinner with him to now he's going to be the feature with the coaches clinic. I mean, and that's yeah, not, that's know. not been, there's been a hundred coaches since T.O. retired. And this is the first time he's going to be speaking at a clinic. Yeah, and what that's what I think is, you know, really significant about that. I, and I think the turnout would be great, but I think it's going to be even greater. You know, look, you know, coach Osborne's in his mid eighties now. And it has just meant so much to so many people for so long that I think you're going to have a, a tremendous turnout that is keenly in tune to what he has to say, um, because how many more times will they have that opportunity to do so? I, you know, I kind of like it, liken it a little bit when I heard rule talking about that, you know, to, you know, those legendary rockers who go around for one final concert and you just got to be there because it might be the last time that they're on stage. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think for a football coach, whether they have been in the business for decades or just a couple of years, I think that, you know, people will benefit and can say, you know what, I heard Tom Osborne, and I think it's meaningful. Bill, really quick, if there was actually a, like a, a legendary rock band going around in their final tour, like what's the one that you have to you have to make a stop on the tour? What's what band is it? What rocker? Uh, I mean, like right now? Like yeah, yeah, like. Uh, well, because it, well, it can't be Kiss because they're on their tenth final tour. Motley Crue's on their third final tour. Uh, you know. I would love to have seen a final tour of Queen with Freddie Mercury. Okay, I mean that would have been that would have been a great final one. But n nobody does their final concert anymore. No, come on. I, you know, Van Morrison. You with Van Morrison, without a doubt. That, that is that'll never top. But you saw him in Dublin, though. Like that won't be topped, yeah. will it? I mean, seeing him, seeing him no. in Dublin's. Unless I it. see him over there again, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. man. Who I'd who I'd pick. 
You know, if Skid Row could get Sebastian Bach back in the fold, I, you know, I mean, anybody from the 80s is going to go to that one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, it's, it's kind Give of impossible. what but, they want. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of impossible with the, with the whole Cobain thing, but Nirvana. Nirvana would be a great one if like, they got the crew back together. I guess to I'm gonna, I, I would love to see Pearl Jam again. I saw them. It's mm-hmm. almost been nine years. That's crazy. Uh, nine years since they've been here. Yeah, PBA. Uh, Bill, let's talk basketball here. And Fred Hoiberg in, in Nebraska. And Nebraska had a, a, an 0 for 2 week. They get Penn State on Sunday. And the discussion point, and I know you guys touched on this, uh, Elijah, with the no block, no rock pod. But you've got re- reality. That's wins and losses. The numbers that are, are the numbers for Fred. But then you have all right, what it looks like now. And, yeah, they've been throwing the ball away, but they've been competitive, and it sounds like they're going to keep fighting despite being depleted. From a momentum standpoint, big picture, I know basketball's individual uh, as a sport, but if you're Trav, do you, do you stop the good feels and do you just put up with – uh, a, a tough season under bad circumstances due to injury, or do you just say, "Look, I I can't see this anymore. Working out, we got to make a move." What? Let, let's talk about here the the momentum that's going on in the program, despite yeah, the losses. I, I, don't, I don't think you can uh, I, make a move. You, you you went through last year. You made an arrangement. Fred reinvented his team. Um, changed his philosophy, dusted off the Moaiba playbook, you know, dropped down below 75 points per game and, and played tough defense. And, you know, Nebraska was a team after they, you know, kicked uh, Creighton in the nether regions and, and gut punched <laughs> Iowa. Everybody's feeling good about that team, right? And they're doing what they were asked to do. And I, I go back to what we talked about, you know, last week when, when they beat Creighton, Trev had that moment where he brought two players into his office and gave them black shirts. And there were probably more that deserved it, but he gave them to, to Juwan Gary and Emmanuel Vandemel. And who are the two of the best defensive players, not just at Nebraska and the Big Ten, but in the country? I think it was was Bandamel like in the top thirty and like every defensive stat that they keep these days. You know, he's one of the best defensive players in the country, and he's out. And then Gary's out, and now you're playing a bunch of freshmen again, and you're asking, you know, Sam Greasel and Derek Walker to 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 carry that team, and everybody knows it. So. I, you know, the losing those two guys was incredibly detrimental. And a month ago, we're talking about if Nebraska goes seven and five down the stretch, they probably play themselves into an NIT bid if they can go above 500 in conference play. And then those injuries happen one and then another. And, and I think, I think one that's, you know, Fred did what he was asked to do and he had done a very good job until the injuries took effect. Secondly, on the other side of it, Nebraska is coming off of an arduous, exhausting football coaching search. And you've hired a guy that everybody, not just a guy, but his entire staff, uh, that everybody just seems to have embraced. And they seem to have embraced everybody. So why... Why, why go through another search? Why go through the process, create a little controversy? Right now, things are, things are going in the right direction for the Nebraska Athletic Department as a whole. And uh, I think let's, let's just be happy that that search went really well, so it seems. And let's keep that vibe going for the whole culture and not do it 
again, even though there won't be the near the intensity if there was a basketball hire, but let's just let's just stick with it and let those young players develop. Ramil Lloyd comes in as a point guard next year, and maybe those guys come back healthy and ready to go, and you do it all again, and maybe the shots will fall the right way. Well, Bill, do you think that that Husker Nation will get behind Fred for another year? I mean, part of this you have to evaluate is are these season ticket holders going to, you know, uh, go get season tickets again next year? Is Nebraska going to be able to sell seats to Pinnacle Bank Arena? It's a huge arena. And if the results aren't there, the fans going to want to show up. I think that's a question that has to be taken into account here. So do you think the fans will get behind Hoiberg for another year, or do you think they're tired of it? Well, especially I think they will, especially if you put some Guinness taps in that building now. Um, you know, I think uh, I think Booze that, is uh, the you know, answer. <laughs> You might get a few more people in the seats, you know. Look, I I think people were behind that team the way they were playing. You know, it wasn't a 75 uh, 75 to 85 point per night team, right? People loved the way they were playing, and that was a 60 to 65 point per night team. Now, they, they put 85 on the board against Iowa, and they loved that. People loved what they did against Creighton, and and people were coming in, and they were excited to watch them play. I I do I think people understand, they're smart enough to understand that you know those injuries were significant, and if football goes well next fall, they'll carry that feel good vibe into basketball season, and then the pressure will probably really be on. But you know, Fred, they, he he did what he was asked to do. He put a team that was competitive, a team that fought hard, a team that people liked to watch to play until the injuries came in. And things changed really, really dramatically. I, I think people will get behind him again. Fred's not embarrassing anybody. In any, any, not that he's embarrassing himself as a coach. I'm not. He's not doing anything dumb on the outside where you're going, oh, nah, now what's in the paper, you know? He's an honorable man. And he, I think he's done an honorable job and did what was asked of him and just had some really bad breaks or tears and sprains, mm. as the case might be. Bill, got about uh, two minutes. You spent a lot of time in the NBA, covering the NBA, and going to go here. What's your take on Kyrie Irving uh, asking the Nets to send him away? Lakers, Mavs, Suns, great talent, big-time headache. Well, wherever he goes, he's going to be a big-time headache. But, you know, the teams that need to win, the Lakers need to win. They're they're on the outside of looking on the playoff picture. But uh, he's not just a uh, – he's, he's, he's a different kind of headache, isn't he? He's not, a, he's not necessarily a malcontent, you know, bad dude. He's just got some alternative thoughts – that you know that might have people scratching their head in the locker room as a you know they don't they're, they're not going to avoid him because he's a jerk they're going to avoid him because I, I i just can't get into the conversations as to where you want to go all right um but he's a great basketball player and he still is a great basketball player and if somebody's going to make a playoff run and they let him go look it's 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 pro basketball and it's just a couple of months you know we're talking march april may june yeah Maybe it's maybe it's a gamble worth taking, you know, if he gets him to do what he wants. Yeah. I just Why wonder I, mean, I, I wonder how KD responds, right? Because you got him and Kyrie and, and to be honest, to be Kyrie's teammate can be good and terrible. Like on the nights that it's clicking, you got you got elite help and a guy that's gonna be able to get his own points but also distribute. But now if you're KD, um you're trying to come back from injury. 
Do you uh, you say, all right, send me Russ. Let's try and recreate 2012 again. I mean, if you're the Lakers, you know, you're trying to ship you know, Russ out for, yeah. for a long time. The whole super team thing didn't work when KD wanted to build his own. You no. know, it's worked out pretty well when LeBron wants to build his own. Or, what, you know, when KD joined Golden State. State, you know, that worked out well. But when he said, I want to get my own, my own uh, guys together, <laughs> excuse me, it didn't work out so well. You know, look, and one thing about the NBA, too, if they bring him on board, it's not as though all those guys are hanging. No, right? no, they, they show up thing. at the arena in their limo. They leave in their limo or their Range Rover. It's not as you know. What's the old line about the Yankees when Alex Rodriguez played? That it was you know one plane and twenty five limos. <laughs> so it, it's not like it's not like college basketball where you are all together all the time, right? I mean, you you bring him in, you're only playing with him a few hours a day. Billy D, we'll see you this weekend. Thanks for the time, bud. Okay, go big red. See you guys.